Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. Welcome to another episode of the Unstuck Institute. I'm Chell, and this is Josh. Hey, hey, Unstuckers. And this week, we are talking about brand kits. I feel like I should give this disclaimer that by no means are we marketing professionals, but we know the importance of having consistency through all channels. So today, we are talking about brand kits, their importance, how to do them, and check our Instagram page story for our unstuck brand kits so that you have an idea of what that looks like. So Josh, hit me with the number one thing for a brand kit. All right. So whether you're uh, just starting out, you're launching your business, or if you're thinking about rebranding, um, you want to, well, you say, or if you're thinking about rebranding, and I would recommend if you haven't thought about rebranding or branding in a while, you're going to want to at least take a look and make sure that your current branding um, reflects everything you want it to, even if you don't end up changing a thing. It's good to, good to check on these things. But either way, whether you're rebranding or just starting fresh, the first thing you want to do comes, we, go, we come back to it all the time. Simon Sinek's Know Your Why. <laughs> that book, that TED Talk, that everything that Simon Sinek did, uh, we reference it all the time. But why, um, in terms of why your business, like what is your business's why, what's your personal why, um, and if you're rebranding, why are you rebranding? Um, all these whys and much more are very important before you just delve into the time-consuming and potentially expensive task of branding. <laughs> For sure. So, I mean, some reasons to brand yourself initially, right? You're a new business. You need mm -hmm. to have some type of new reputation that you're giving to people that really speaks about who you are, what you're doing, and what your company is about. But if you are rebranding, that can be Maybe you've had some changes to what you're doing and that needs to reflect that. Or um, maybe you've had some negative PR for your company and it's time to rebrand. So this is like for your, rep for your reputation. Or yeah. maybe, I don't know, Joe Schmo down the street copied your everything. So you need to change it to distinguish yourself from the schmuck Joe Schmo down the street or something like that. But keeping everything updated, even if you just like want a fresh look, that can be that can be a reason to brand or rebrand. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you might be listening and thinking, well, look, I, just, I know I need a logo. <laughs> I don't, that's my why. Uh, don't skip this <laughs> step because you're going to get uh, far down the road and you're going to end up with a logo that you're like, I like it. I don't know why I like it. I don't know if it communicates what I need to communicate. I don't know if it uh, responds to my audience or my audience responds to it the way I think they should, but you'll just end up with a logo you like that doesn't actually communicate what you want versus starting with this step, know your why, know what you're trying to communicate to your audience. 
what you're trying to say you do. All of that matters. So yeah, step number one, know your why. And then we'll get into like real branding, but like, seriously, don't skip step number one. <laughs> Definitely. So next, bring in the experts. And honestly, you can be the expert here. Like as millennials, all this takes is a quick Google. So have Google as your friend. <laughs> seriously though. So like, Check if any um, trademarks or taglines that you want to use have already been used. And if they are being used, please don't use them, right? Like, just <laughs> do save it. Save yourself some trouble, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, don't use, just do it, right? Like, Nike will sue you. Don't do that. So <laughs> do a little bit of research in that way. Honestly, just like type in what you're thinking to Google, and it'll probably bring up a bunch of things, or maybe it won't bring up anything. Um, if it doesn't bring up anything, that might be good to go. And that's when you want to start looking into like URLs, domain names. And then at that same time, if you're really considering that name, start looking into social media platforms. So like Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, like whatever you want to use to represent your brand, make sure that that name or that tagline that you want to use is available in all of those platforms. Yeah, absolutely. And as part of your research, it's also important to check out your competition. It's important to know what they're doing and how they're communicating their uh, products and services through their branding. And by branding, of course, we mean not just the logo, but everything about the look, right? That can show you maybe guidelines, like maybe uh, your industry uh, has a certain kind of look about it. And that way you can choose whether you're going to fit in with the crowd in your own style or whether you're going to break free from the look. And, and breaking free might sound like the right way to go, but also just keep in mind that you don't want to break too far out of the norm necessarily, because let's say you're, you're selling shoes, right? If you start branding yourself like a lipstick company, because you're just like, I like these colors and I'm out of the norm, then even if your, your sign says, I sell shoes, the branding just communicates lipstick, right? So you want to like be careful not to go so far out of the box that you're like, I'm standing out from all the other shoe companies, but like, really you're communicating a totally different product. A good example of this is my, I just recently rebranded JBit and JBit's always been, so it's, it's an IT service company, right? So it's always been, um, I've always tried to stand out in the way that there's a certain kind of lack of personality about tech companies and their logos. They're very clean. They might be even pretty sometimes, but there's just kind of, to me, there's like a coldness, like just like a, sterileness to them but that's the tech industry and that's where i'm trying to fit into i've rebranded three times now from the get-go i've always wanted to kind of stand out but again i don't want to communicate something else something i don't do but i wanted to not be sterile i wanted to communicate i mean i'm the it guy with the personality i'm the it guy who's friendly wanted to communicate all this stuff. So from the get-go, I've had a lot of cartoons, similar to the cartoons of the Unstuck Institute on our, if you look at our our show artwork on your podcast player right now, like that that kind of cartoon, that's that's what I was looking at with JBit initially as well, was, was you know, it's it, it has a feel to it. it. It feels fun and inviting versus sterile. And with my rebranding, I kind of leaned back into the tech world a little more than I was before in terms of now it's it's kind of based on the power button. I'll put all this on the on our Instagram so you can see it as well. But now I've got like a really cute little like happy face, winky face inside a power button. So it still communicates some fun, some flair, 
but with the power button logo, it still communicates tech, right? So, you know, that's just an example of how I like, I try to go outside the box in my branding, but not too far outside the box. Yeah, totally. So in the same regard, right? Like knowing your competition, knowing the industry that you're in, you also have to know who you're serving. So knowing your audience when you're thinking about this branding is very imperative. And we've had so many people talk about marketing and whatnot. And they're like, know your audience, know your niche. But like, guys, we can't hone in on this enough. Like you need to know who you are talking to. If that means you have to like create a person that you're talking to every time, like Sally Mae down the street. And like, that's who you're speaking to every time you write a post or every time you're doing whatever you do for your company, then do it. Like write her whole bio out if that helps you determine who you're speaking to. Um, but a good way to learn who your audience is, I actually found this really helpful. Um, I went on Amazon and read reviews of like cookbooks, of like family-friendly, like quick and easy cookbooks. And a lot of them were like, yeah, these say that they're quick and easy, but like the recipes require a ton of ingredients and I don't have time to shop for that. I don't have them on hand all the time. So like, what am I supposed to do? So that actually gave me a really good insight into what that potential client or my potential client needs. So that may not work for every industry, but if you can find reviews or testimonials from other people, your competitors, and see what people like, maybe what they don't like about them, that's going to be really indicative of the verbiage that you need to use to talk to your client or your prospective client. Okay. So once you're at this point, if you're rebranding, you want to uh, complete a brand audit of your current stuff. Um, and even, even if you're back at step one with know your why and you're like, do I need a rebrand? If you're just kind of thinking about it, this is also a good step to take. This might be both step zero and like step whatever the heck we're on right now. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one great way I've heard, uh, which I've not done uh, quite honestly, because um, I, I just heard of this a few weeks ago and I thought it was brilliant. So I'm going to share it with you guys. If you, if you want to see what your message is that you're currently communicating, print out your website, like print it out, print out every page, uh, print out any business cards or get any business cards, any flyers, any uh, recent emails you've sent to your newsletter, anything and everything that has, you know, words and images and, and print it out and, and fill a wall with it. Just tape it to the wall. <laughs> if you, if you've got it, if you've got a small amount of stuff and it can fit on a little corkboard, great. If you've got, a whole mess of things and it fits on a whole wall take up a whole wall but like don't don't try to like just take screenshots and put it on your ipad because that's so small like you want to just be uh physically overwhelmed with your brand and i bet you in most cases and i i bet you if i did this myself to my old branding identity from right before i did the re refresh i bet you would see a lot of similarities a lot of things that look similar, you know, but a lot of like, well, that's very different over there. Why does the newsletter have a different green in it than the brochure, right? And like green's the main color. You got to know which green specifically you know, and, and stick with it. And so I think that's going to really dictate to you like how well you're currently doing, um, but it also is going to give you a lot of ideas about what you like and don't like about what you're currently doing. So before you move forward with a refresh, definitely take the time to look at the past, see what you've done, 
I can almost guarantee you that unless you've got someone who's always been clued in on this kind of stuff from the get-go, whether it's you or an employee or something like that, you're probably using different fonts all the time. <laughs> and that's mostly not noticeable, but you'd be surprised that when you make the newsletter, the brochure, the business card, all use the same fonts and the exact same colors, how clean everything looks and how it communicates consistency to your customer subconsciously when you're just using the same stuff over and over again, not just going, well, I was, I was just kind of on my iPad, so I just went with whatever the default font was there and typed. <laughs> um, so I think that's a great way to kind of look back and, and make decisions. What do you like about what you've got going on? And what do you not like about what you've got going on? Because every brand you want, like, I'm not, again, not a marketing expert. From what I hear from marketing experts, you want, like, two, uh, maybe three kind of primary colors and maybe one or two secondary colors beyond that. So like, no, like five colors is excessive. So like no more than five for sure. And you want like three fonts, you know, you want your like logo font, you want your headline font, and you want your body font, like the body of the text, right? And if you start getting crazy all over the place with your fonts and it just starts to look spastic, like this person doesn't necessarily know what they're doing. So as you're looking at your wall of the past, and if you see like way too many colors or fonts or um, logo positions or whatever, just identify which, which are your favorite, which are the ones that communicate your brand, and that'll help you moving forward. Being the daughter of a graphic designer, I can 100% agree with all of that. I feel like <laughs> from the beginning, my colors have been on point. My fonts have not because... My graphic designer father chose very random fonts that I love for my like brand, but I can't find them anywhere. So like when I try and reproduce something, I'm like using something that semi looks like it. But so that's another point, guys, like try and use something that's mainstream enough so that like if you are on Canva, that font is or at least a font that semi looks like that is easily accessible for you. Right. Yeah, because nowadays we're using so many web apps like Canva for graphic design, Wix or Squarespace for um uh, websites. Uh, they're not a sponsor. They should be. Uh, <laughs> you've heard Squarespace commercials on every other podcast. So here we are. <laughs> but, you know, they, they've all got their own font libraries and some web apps will let you import fonts. And that's great, just like you can on your word processor, but others don't. So you don't want to have to run into something later where you're like, I'm using this tool and everything's perfect, except I can't find the exact right font I want. So... <laughs> Josh, like what you were saying is like literally everything that you send out, everything that a prospect sees is you, right? Like you are your brand. That is you. So everything from like a logo to your fonts and the way you use that in typography to your colors that you choose to the photography and potentially videography that you're using to any kind of illustration or graphic design to your website design to the any kind of... <clears throat> digital design elements. So like if there's like a click button on your website that should be like designed in the way that you um, promote your brand or any social media content that you're putting out there to any motion graphics or any iconography that depicts your brand, everything must stay on brand. If you can yeah. keep it like in the same color scheme with the exact same colors that you're using um, and the exact same type and fonts that you're using, that is just going to streamline 
you and you are going to look so professional all the time. Another thing you may or may not be thinking, and not every brand needs this, but depending on what you're doing, you may need this. Like even if you have a YouTube channel, you probably need this and you're not thinking about it is what is your audio logo, right? Like <laughs> think about it. What is this sound? Netflix, duh. That's Netflix. Do you know how much time and money Netflix spent on finding that sound and making that sound so that it's unique enough that no matter who hears it and when they hear it and where they hear it, they think Netflix? Think of the THX logo back in the days when we used to go to movie theaters, right? Like these are audio logos. And I, I kind of hadn't really thought too much about this before, but I listened to a podcast called 20,000 Hertz. Just a few episodes ago, um, you can just look them up. They had a whole episode about the Netflix uh, audio logo branding and how they spent a lot of money and had a lot of options and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's very interesting if you're into that kind of stuff. But the point is also think about like, if you have any video whatsoever, there's probably going to be some music to it or some kind of sound to it. A lot of people will have like an an introduction, like this podcast has intro music, right? So think think about that too. Like, what is that? Are you just going to grab something that's like free rights on a website? Or are you going to like get something that can be uniquely yours that no one else has? Something short and sweet like Netflix's logo can um, really just be something that your fans will always remember, you know? Dude, I didn't even think about that. But like, as soon as you played it, I was like, duh, like I'm about to watch my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> duh, it's a Netflix original. <laughs> yeah, so keep keep that in mind too, because um, the whole, the whole like we're, th- we're talking a lot about visuals, but there's also the audio spectrum. And like, like Chell just mentioned, if you are making uh, any video whatsoever, how does that look consistent? How does the, the way you shoot the video look consistent? And if you're not like a film person, you might need to consult a film person on that. But you want to make sure that like one video doesn't look drastically different in style and tone than the next. You want to make sure that your sound always sounds consistent. You want to make sure everything they can look at looks consistent, whether it's film, a logo, typography, any of it. A hundred percent. So let's break down what you should have in your brand kit. And we're going to post this on our stories and it'll be available in our podcast highlight. So take a look at that. All right. So let's dive into what a brand kit really is. Essentially, it's all of that information that we've talked about in one place. This can be used, especially if you have uh, multiple employees working for you that so that your brand can stay consistent um, across every platform. Even if you are outsourcing, this can be a great document to give to people so that they can stay on brand with whatever they're creating for you. Or if you do podcasting like us, this can be really helpful when you are collabing with other podcasts so that your message can still stay on brand on their podcast or vice versa if you have other people on yours. So whether you're using this internally so that you remember what your color palette and fonts look like, or you're sending out. This just helps keep all of your messaging, all of your branding, and basically your company's identity all together so that everything is consistent all the time, every day. 
essentially you want to have all of this information available on one page so that you're not flipping through a variety of different pages, trying to figure out what you are trying to convey, especially on the fly. So we're actually going to post this on our stories for you. It'll be under the podcast highlight so you can check it out. But essentially you want to start with what your logo is. And if you have any logo alternatives to put those on there as well. So with our unstuck logo, we have un and then underneath it, it says the power of un and then it goes into the word stuck. But we also just use the word un and then the power of un. And then we also have, like Josh mentioned earlier, that caricature that um, of me and him that we use on our podcast logo. So those are the three alternatives that like we use on a regular basis. So those might be different for you and your company. It might just be one logo with a couple of different color variations or whatever that looks like. Next, you want to have in your color palette. And the way to keep colors consistent, especially on the web, is to use hex colors. What's a hex color? <laughs> Great question, Josh. A hex color is a six-digit, um, usually a variety of different numbers and letters uh, put together. And that goes back specifically to whatever color you've chosen. So the way to find out your hex colors is to upload your logo onto Canva. And then if you like go to the color picker on Canva, it'll break down what your color numbers are. It'll usually be three numbers and like a letter or two and then like a number and then like another letter. Yeah. So like ours, for instance, is uh, our purple for MSEC is 683A8B. Exactly. <laughs> and do I remember that? Do I know that off the top of my head? Absolutely not. I'm just looking at our brand kit, which has that referenced. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to put all of this information in one place, because then you can see the colors. You could also see the different fonts that you're using. So our logo is one font, but that font isn't necessarily available on all platforms. So we have two other fonts that we use mostly for social posts. And that's Finger Paint and then Anonymous Pro. And those are both available on Canva, which is what makes that so much easier for us. After that, you want to talk about some like text and color combinations. So like you have the colors that you use already, right? Your color palette. Perhaps there are different text and color combinations that you'll find appropriate for different posts or different locations online. So we have six different ones that we've used on social media posts and on our site. So those are kind of the color combinations that we stick to. And then lastly, for us at least, is social posting. Because Josh and I do variety of things within Unstuck, keeping us on track as to like, what is the right way to post guests or what, what is the right way to post a podcast preview or how should we post inspirational, um, inspirational posts but still staying on brand. So we've created a guide for that as well. Essentially just breaking it down, like what kind of posts should we have on social media? Um, and yours, your brand kit doesn't necessarily need to go into detail to all of this. It can be something that's going to be more related to your brand and your niche. But for us, this is kind of the meat of what we're posting and where we're posting. So it's really crucial for us to be on the same page about how we're posting and what fonts we're using and the layouts that we're using on a regular basis in addition yeah. to the content that we're posting. Yeah. And like Chell said, like whether you're, you know, this is just you, this is great to remind you. So you don't forget you have one place to look 
everything up that you need should you be making new content. Um, but additionally, whether you have a partner like we do, um, or you're outsourcing like, hey, I need this print company to make me a new flyer or something, and they've got an internal graphic design team. Great. Give them this and say like, this is how I look. This is my brand. Um, so whatever you design, if it doesn't look like this, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> that saves you time. It's totally. the easiest, most efficient way to communicate your brand, your design to anyone you're working with, uh, as well as a great reference for yourself. This will make a lot more sense if you look at it on Instagram. So please do. <laughs> <laughs> the Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by Chell's Gather Run La Cucina online course. Our lives are busy, and usually a home-cooked meal is the last thing on our minds. With the Gather Around the Cucina course, I help busy millennial families to learn to create quick, delicious, and healthy meals without sacrificing family time. Follow the link in the show notes to apply for the course today. The Unstuck Institute podcast is also brought to you by our awesome new life book. Want to get a handle on your life and where you're going? Lack of productivity keeping you down? Download our free workbook to get clear on where you want to go in life and use the Lifebook system to keep yourself on track and be more productive in your life. Download the Unstuck Institute Lifebook today at www.unstuck.institute slash lifebook. Remember, it's free. It's time for a recap. One, know your why and what you're trying to communicate. Two, Know where you've been with your branding and know where you're going. Three, make a one-page brand kit. And that's a wrap on episode 95. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. And remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. Go back to episodes one, two, and three if you haven't to learn more about the Unstuck Institute, me and Chell. And if you love our podcast, would you help us out by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts? It really helps out the show a lot. Leave us a five-star written review to be entered into a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorm session with me and Chell. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, www.unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking with Lei Wong about conquering your Everest. Design is the silent ambassador of your brand. Paul Rand. Thanks, Alan. They moved everything around and I don't have a refresh button anymore.